Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Are You a Fan? If you like the episode, give us a like, follow, and you know what? Why don't you share it with a friend to uh, try to spread some enlightenment? Okay, so this week, let's start as we always do with a question for the audience and my co-host, Joker. What's up? If you could be any anthropomorphic animal, which one would you be? The millennial in me wants to just go stick to uh, a turtle, <laughs> you know, go, go learn some martial arts, be a ninja turtle. That wouldn't be bad. That, you know, just the shell, that'd be awesome. Actually, yeah, that kind of would be cool. <laughs> just kind of like in that third movie where he almost gets his head shot off, he just ducks into a shell. <laughs> oh, man, that would be a good pick. I don't, huh. Now I don't know. Maybe a squirrel, honestly. The I, mean, squirrel I just girl. see I see very, yeah. I'm like, I see very few downsides to that to that thing and that. I feel like yeah. I'd be like either a turtle or maybe a cat. Because part of me's thinking dog, but I'm like, no, 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 I want the flexibility. I will touch my toes at some point in this lifetime. <laughs> so a cat would be perfect. Uh, you know what? Let's go with a cat. I feel like I, I sleep all day anyway. Let's just, you know what? Let's just go full-blown into it. Yeah. Okay, folks, that brings us into this week's character. We are covering Rocket Raccoon. Let's get into it, starting with real world. So Rocket Raccoon is a fictional character appearing in American comic books, published by Marvel Comics, created by writer Bill Montlow and artist Keith Giffen. So close to Griffin, I almost messed that up. I was wondering if you were going to. (laughs) The character first appeared in Marvel Preview, issue number seven, summer of 1976. Okay, so not, like, decently old, but, like, not too old. Yeah, no, a little bit older than I thought. Not by much either, because I figured 80s. I assumed mid-80s. Yeah. So, yeah, not too much older than I thought, but definitely older than I thought. Right. So, he is an intelligent anthropomorphic raccoon who is an expert marksman, weapon specialist, and master tactician. Which you kind of coolly see in the movie so far. Oh, yeah. He definitely shows a lot of his origins and the way he his, he was created. Oh, definitely. They, they, do not, they do not shy away from it, which is nice. So, his name is the... Uh, his name and aspects of his character are... A nod to the Beatles' 1968 song, Rocky Raccoon. That's kind of cool. Which you can also kind of see with Rocky, Rocket. Yeah. It, it, it totally. You can see the connection very easily. Very. Like, a bit on the nose there, but that's kind of <laughs> cool to find out. Right. Especially being the Beatles. Yeah, so many people hate the Beatles. Now I'm going to be like, do you like Rocket, Rocket Raccoon? <laughs> <laughs> Think the Beatles. <laughs> So, Rocket would first appear in the Marvel preview, issue number seven, in the backup feature, The Sword and the Star, under the name Rocky. He would next appear in the Incredible Hulk number uh, issue number seven, 271 in May of 1982, where it is learned that Rocky is short for Rocket. So, <laughs> I like how they kind of took, they played on his inspiration and used it. That's smart. <laughs> That's some clever writing right there. Right? <laughs> Okay, so in 1985, he received his own four-issue limited series, and in an afterword to the first issue, Montlow himself asserted that this was the same character seen in preview, penciled by Mike Mignola, and inked by Al Gordon, with Al Milgram. 
Ah, two L's. Interesting. Fair. <laughs> okay, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah. So, a rocket would appear late then in uh, Quasar issue number 15 in 1990, and later appeared in three issue of Sensational She-Hulk in 92, from issues number 44 to 46. Uh, the character also only appeared in a total of 10 comics in his first 30 years of existence. Which is amazing to think about how few comics he been in and became such a big character oh right like that's a, i'm actually a little shocked especially like yeah no he's a huge staple especially the guardians of the galaxy yeah, you think of him nowadays you never think those first 30 years had 10 comics right holy cow okay so uh uh besides a brief appearance in a 2006 issue of exiles Rocket Raccoon was next seen in 2007's Annihilation, Conquest and Annihilation, Conquest Star-Lord limited series, and their spin-off series, a new volume of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so it looks like around then he starts to kind of pick up and give yeah, up more. It definitely seemed like in the, ni- in the late 2000s when it really started for him. Which kind of makes sense, because I'll admit, like, from the sounds of him, he seems like he would have been one of those, like, similar to, as we discussed last week with Mr. Freeze, one of those just kind of joke characters where they're like, let's see, maybe he'll yeah. be good. And it seems like he did start to take off later on. And then they're like, okay, we can use this. Heck yeah. So he would remain a regular member of the series cast until it was canceled with issue number 25 in 2010. Also appearing in the follow-up limited series, The Thanos Imperative. Hmm. Which I feel, I feel like anytime Thanos comes to play, Guardians of the Galaxies are galaxy characters are not far behind. <laughs> oh yeah, but that's not bad though. Twenty-five issues in three years. That's I, actually that's better than his first thirty. <laughs> definitely, and in three years, that's that's not too bad for uh, especially a character that's starting off this small. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> He's a little guy. Along with the fellow Guardian Groot, Rocket starred in backup features in Annihilation issue number one through four, May 2001, or I mean May 2011 through August 2011, and Annihilator's Earthfall issue number one through four from November 2011 to February 2012. Okay, so now not bad. Starting to pick up. You know, it's not bad. Eight issues for a year. That's pretty good, actually. Like that that's hard, except for like the big main staple names of any comic group to have that many in a year. Yeah, especially like Guardians of the Galaxy was I don't feel like was that popular even even back then. Like so like Yeah, no. So for honestly. a character for a character like this in a group like that to start getting like picking up this steam, heck yeah. That's impressive. Very. Especially because yeah, I don't think it. I don't think Guardians really got hugely popular until the movie came out. Because I'll say, like, I knew about them. I kind like I knew of them. I knew about them. I generally only knew about them when they interacted with other characters. Yeah. But like, I didn't really know much about them until the movie, and that's when I was like, well, looks like I gotta go read up on my comics. Right. So it makes sense. It, it is does. It is impressive that he gets so much love before it happens. Right. Heck yeah. So Rocket Raccoon, along with the other members of the Guardians, appear in issues number four through eight of Avengers Assembles, a series intended as a jumping-off point for the fans of the film The Avengers. He appears prominently in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as a part of the 2012 Marvel Now relaunch. 
So he's definitely getting a lot more along with the rest of the Guardians, a lot more uh, book time. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those, like like I said, like Guardians of the Galaxy weren't exactly a non-existent group in that. They just, you know, they were no Avengers. They were no yeah, X-Men. They, they were just a small ragtag group that nobody really cared about at which the I, time. Which I've seen in, like, some of the cartoons and even recent guys. They kind of play on that. With oh, no, yeah. Even in the movies with nobody really knowing who the Guardians are. They're like, Star-Lord. Who? <laughs> Which I like that they kind of joke with that. Right. So in February 2014, it was announced that uh, Scotty Young would write and illustrate a Rocket Raccoon ongoing series. These began in July 2014 uh, with the first issue selling over 300,000 copies. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Jack Parker replaced Young as the artist beginning with issue number five. The series ended in May 2015 as one of the many titles to be canceled for Marvel's Secret Wars event. A new volume titled Rocket Raccoon and Group began in July 2016 as part of the all-new, all-different Marvel relaunch. You gotta wonder what was going on behind the scenes to cause some of this. Because it almost feels like the, those, uh, the revamp of the Secret Wars kind of came out of nowhere and ruined a lot yeah. of planned out. Like th- That was supposed to be three years that he got a comic series, and they ended it apparently with a bunch of other titles just short out of nowhere for the Secret Wars. Yeah, it's they don't seem to ever communicate very well with the stories that are currently operating. And that's not even a Marvel thing, man. Like oh, that's DC, an everybody thing. Yeah, DC does it. Like DC and Marvel, I've noticed the most, but those are the ones I know the most, so I, I tend to notice it because they're the most popular. Because yeah. I'm sure Dark Horse does the same thing. I don't doubt Image probably does the same thing. Like it, it really, it really is disappointing just because like some of these series that probably get canceled because of some BS like this probably are amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. Most of them probably have some potential. Yeah. And but they're like, oh, we're doing a big thing, and it's like you promised me. Like I still have so many issues to write, and they're like, well, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so that's it for uh, real world for Rocket Raccoon. Let's get into in universe origins. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so centuries ago, a group of alien humanoids settled on the largest planet uh, in the Keystone Quadrant star system. They would build a complex a complex to house and treat the insane. Uh, recording their medical observations in a psychiatric diary when the quote-unquote shrinks funding was co- uh, cut, they abandoned the project, but not before they created a staff of robot stewards to provide for the humanoids. They then separated the con- quadrant from the rest of the galaxy with an impenetrable force field. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> right. It's like that, that just never sounds good. Right. And they're like, it's unbreakable. Hmm. I'm... Pr- I'm pretty sure that's going to break. Somebody's going to find a way. (laughs) When a nearby star went nova, the ensuing radiation gave sentience to the robots, who quickly grew angry at the illogical directives of the humanoids, or loonies. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Right. Uh, Seeking to end their servitude, the robots used genetic engineering to give intelligence and awareness to the animals that had been left as companions for the patients. See, now those animals should have been what was affected by the radiation. Exactly. <laughs> Not the robots. Oh, man. Okay, moving on. So the robots then charged the animals with the patient's care and protection. 
then relocated to the far side of the planet, which they proceeded to strip bare through industrial endeavors, one of which was the construction of a vast humanoid spacecraft called the ship. Uh, <laughs> the half-industrial, half-verdant planet became known as Half-World, which is, you know, a little on the nose, but it fits. I mean, they're robots. They're not exactly scholars. Right. Okay, so the animals continued to care for the humans, and the robots provided a lot of equipment, weapons, and parts for toys. The psychiatric diary left by the physicians, now known in legend as the Shrinks, (laughs) became an indecipherable icon called Gideon's Bible. I will tell you, some unique names are coming out of this. Kind of fun yeah. names. I'm liking this. This has been entertaining so far. I, I kind of want to read the, the like these comics just for the like the names and words they're doing. Right. Yeah, it gets weird. So the toys played an important port. Uh, important. That. Important. <laughs> Trying to put the two words together. So the toys played an important part in the half world society as an entertainment for the loonies. <laughs> uh, I can't say that without a straight with a straight face. It just makes me think of Looney Tunes. Exactly. <laughs> so without toys, the loonies lapsed into a deep melancholy. Uh, so the animals made certain nothing interrupted production. Two otters formed the first toy factory, and upon their death, it was taken over by a mole, Judson Jakes, who established the head, his headquarters at the Space Wheel Space Station, built by the tortoise Uncle Pico. Uh, so Pico designed toys, weapons, an army for robot or ar- an army of robot clowns and bat-like drat killers. Okay, they, they got very interesting animal-wise very quickly. Yeah, apparently, jeez, <laughs> a mole, a tortoise. See, I could been a turtle. Also, army of clowns. <laughs> Isn't that a DC stick? Yeah, that's horrified. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, yeah, Ranger Days. Hmm. Uh, Space Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) The word you're looking for is Space Ranger. I mean, I guess scarily, he kind of (laughs) is. Huh. Technically, yeah, that's kind of what they are. Okay, so, uh, okay, so Jake's first, uh, Jake's, first attempt to steal Gideon's Bible, decipher its secrets, and turn them to profit was stopped by the Hulk. He had been transported to Half-World by the energies released by the Galaxy Master and was met by Rocket Raccoon and Walrus. (laughs) Who, 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 yes, is a walrus. (laughs) I love it. I had to look that up myself to make sure that, that uh, one was spelled correctly. And yeah, no bits of walrus. Okay, okay, I will say that's actually pretty clever. Right. That was pretty cle- cleverly done. Honestly, his is probably my favorite name this whole ser- this whole episode. I mean, we still got a bit to go, but I'm I'm calling it here. That's that's probably mine. So the Hulk decided that he liked these two critters and helped defend them against the powerful tank called a Robo Mower. The three of them fled into Rocket Spaceship, the Rack and Ruin, and blasted off. I gotta tell you, the animals are killing it name-wise in that. The robots, those dudes are terrible. Right? They're just very generic and bland. Right? They're just tacking on, like, yeah, no, no. The, these animals, freaking scholars. I, I want to know, though, did the Robomower look like a mower? 
That would make it so much better. I kind of hope it did. <laughs> With a giant handlebar on the back. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Rocket Raccoon explains to the Hulk that Half-World is threatened by an insidious mole named Judson Jakes. Or Jax. So Jax sought to acquire the fabled Gideon's Bible, which he believed will enable him to conquer not only Half-World, but the entire Keystone Quadrant. The Hulk agreed to help Rocket and Walrus safeguard Gideon's Bible from uh, Judson Jacks clutches. Okay, I mean, yeah, let's get let's continue. <laughs> so, adding right into the funny names, so Rocket Raccoon flew to the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Yes. Where he discovered that Justin Jake, uh, Jakes has not only stolen Gideon's Bible, but has also kidnapped Rocket's girlfriend, Lila, as well. The three boarded the ship once again and head towards Judson's satellite headquarters, the Space Wheel. So is, that just makes me think of, like, a hamster's wheel. Ah, a little bit. <laughs> see, Lana, see how it spins on its vertical <laughs> axis. <laughs> Okay, so while Rocket Raccoon de uh, desperately searched for uh, Lila, the Hulk had an encounter with Judson's chief scientist, Uncle Pico. Pico knows that the Hulk's uh, immense strength would give the opposition a great advantage, so he convinces the Hulk to return home to Earth. He, prov he provides the Hulk with the means to teleport his body back to his homeworld. Rocket Raccoon, meanwhile, got the drop on Judson Jacks. Although he failed to recover Gideon's Bible, he did succeed in rescuing Le uh, Lila. Aw, he got his girlfriend back. <laughs> My hero. <laughs> okay, Toy Wars takes away. Yeah, you really do. You gotta love the names of this stuff. Right? So, Jacks Mayhem Machineeks. I encountered its first competition when the uh, Serpentine Lord Divine organized Divinities, Inc. and forced Jakes from Space Wheel. Jakes then retreated underground and a toy war ensued. Both coveted the Otter Lila, who is legal uh, heir to the Toy Empire, romantically involved with Rocket. I like that she's an otter. Right. I don't know why, but uh, maybe because otters are adorable. Yeah. Okay, so Rocket opposed Jake's and uh, Divine. Divine and tried to end the war. The two joined forces in a mutual attempt to kill him. <laughs> enemy of my enemy. Even as Pico joined Rocket, Pico, Lila, Rocket, and his first mate, Walrus, took Gideon's Bible to the robots and presented it to the head robot, who combined the information contained in the volume with the robot's advanced technology to create helmets that would cure the looties. The four animals distributed the helmets at a last assault by Jake, uh, Jake's and Divian, was divine. Uh, divine was narrowly foiled by the animals, the robots, and the newly aware humanoids. You know, sad these animals did better for the loonies than we ever have. Yeah, it's oh, sad when the man. comics do better job. I mean, it, it is a fantasy. I guess that <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> so the grateful humanoids began to plan uh, the future and offered Rocket and the other animals and robots positions as assistants and entertainers. 
Not interested in those roles, the animals and automatons entered the ship and launched an expedition to explore the space and its many worlds. Which is fair, because yeah. after literally starting as servants, I wouldn't want to do that again as an assistant. You're just you're still a servant. Yeah, no. Yeah, same. 100%. He was captured by the enigmatic alien, the Stranger, and was imprisoned in the Stranger's lab world for the aliens you study him. He remains there until freed by Overmind. Hmm. I don't actually know of the Marvel's ver- uh, Stranger in that. Generally, the strange only Stranger I know of is uh, there is one DC character. Or is that the Wanderer? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> All these cryptic character names. Right. There's too many of them. So when Rocket stopped by the planet Dandish 4 to refuel his ship, he saw an alien Dabari space shifting into a... Zartan and realizes Zartans were hiding from the scrolls by posing as the, the extinguished Dabari. Because uh, of this discovery, the Dabari started fighting him. Rocket was doing fine until the arrival of Terran O'Connell, a member of the Ovoid race, and the trucker turned spacer, uh, space explorer Razorback distracted him, and the Dabari Vuk uh, used a petrifying gun on him. Huh. So it sounds like he didn't have a great experience on said planet. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was a rough go. Yeah. Okay. So when the planet was invaded by scrolls, Vuk, uh, Vuk, 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 So Vuk set his device to overload, threatening to petrify everything within a hundred thousand miles. This had the reverse effect on Rocket, who changed back to flesh and blood and got acquainted with She-Hulk. If I you mean, know what I mean. <laughs> I feel like that's not how that works either, but I guess that, that's a good side effect, that it reversed his effect that was already hit by it. I mean, maybe it's one of those things like uh, the way you it's, – it's just a standard one button. Like you can freeze and unfreeze just by shooting him. So when he did release it, it just – uh, maybe that's what we're going that's with. That's what I'm guessing. Because similar to the radiation thing earlier, I feel like that's not how that works. Right? <laughs> they got real. They got real loosey goosey with the science of this whole arc. Oh god, yeah. But yeah, it was after this that he ended up joining or meeting up with most of the guardians in another planet, and that's when he joined them. Okay. So this was literally all of his story up to being a guardian of the galaxy. He met She-Hulk before he became a Guardian. Yeah. He huh. met both Hulks. Yeah! Holy cow. It's kind of it's fitting that we did uh, She-Hulk. What was it, last week? Week before. Week before. Kind of fitting. Yeah. This close Unintend- together. Unintentionally, but yeah. Almost should have felt like we should have switched Mr. Freeze and She-Hulk around. Which, by the way, uh, if you want, uh, the episodes are up on our websites. Okay, let's uh, get into powers and abilities. Okay, Raccoon's Physiology. Rocket possesses the same enhanced abilities, attributes, to Earth Raccoons, including an acute sense of smell and sharp eyesight. Makes sense being, you know, literally a evolved version of it. Uh, Raccoon's Senses. Being a raccoon, many of Rocket's senses are heightened to levels well above human. Also makes sense. Enhanced intelligence. 
Rocket's uh, cerebral cortex was genetically enhanced, meaning that unlike other members of his species, he has a cognitive and intellectual equivalent uh, or superior ability to the most sensitive species in the galaxy. Hmm. Which I do love in the movies when they show like how smart he is when he's dealing with Tony and they're making like building oh, stuff. Yeah. And that he's like he's like, dude, you humans, I've I literally do space fight. <laughs> so enhance uh, uh enhanced strength. Due to his augmentations, Rog is much stronger than a normal Earth raccoon. He is able to physically overpower people many times his size and carry a weight of artillery weapons that only the average sized humanoid can normally use. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, okay. Durability enhanced due to cy- uh, cybernetic implants. Rocket can survive damage that would normally be sufficient to kill an animal of his size and injure a normal sized human has withstood being shot with energy blasts fired by powerful beings such as an Ultron-possessed Adam Warlock. Who Adam Warlock is a pretty beast character, too. Oh, God, yeah. That, that was one of those, like, I have to leave this in there because it says what he can withstand very well. Yeah, Adam Warlock's no slash. Like, he's arguably one of the few that could have gone toe-to-toe with Thanos. Yeah. So, okay, he also has enhanced agility, so Rocket's entire skeletal structure is cybernetic, allowing him to move more like a human and still be as agile as a raccoon. He can avoid rapid gunfire and escape various prisons. Expert marksman, Rocket is well-versed in the use of high-powered firearms from all over the galaxy, which he is quite fond of. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, skilled combatant. Rog is a fair is a fair combatant as well as armed, proficient fighter. Yep. Accomplished tactician and strategist. He is an instinctive tactical genius. Though relatively inexperienced in that field, however, Star-Lord once told him, you got the best tactical mind I ever met. He is able to formulate battle strategies with his brilliant tactical sense and allows him to alter many strategies to fit the changing need of the situation. Which I feel like they showed in Guardians Volume 2 when he takes Definitely. on all the like all those um, pirates yep. and just messes them I mean, up. The movies have definitely shown a great... Or really shown his mind very well. Yeah. And his ability to adapt to the situation. Like, Rocket's amazing, like an amazing character so far. So, uh, he's also a pilot. Rocket is an accomplished uh, Starship pilot. And I'd say he actually prefers this over his uh, gun skills. A demolition expert. One of the skills that Rocket was considered to bring to the Guardians of the Galaxy team was his demolition expertise, which he displayed in the building of powerful explosive devices. And how? He makes me think of the dude from Atlantis. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I made a bridge. Took like three seconds. (laughs) Got three sticks of dynamite, some homemade explosives... Hey, too bad we don't have no nitro glycerin, eh, Milo? That would be a rocket moment, totally. Right. Him and Quill. 
They, Qu- Quill would be the Milo. <laughs> oh my god, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, so uh, that's it for skills and abilities. Let's get into other medias. Take us away, Joker. So in TV, he had he appears in the Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, Guardians of the Galaxy, the animated Christmas TV special, Marvel Superheroes Adventures, uh, Frost Fight. Rocket and Groot animated shorts, the animated special Lego Marvel Superheroes Guardians of the Galaxies, the Thanos threat. I really hate how long some of these oh shows are. Oh my god, right? Like, that is ridiculously long. And then he also shows up in the Marvel Disc Wars, the Avengers anime. One of these days, I really gotta look into it. I Maybe really want to. Up. Especially because, like, that's one of the few, an- like, animated versions of Deadpool we get. Yeah. So, in film, his only appearance uh, currently are in the MCU, to which the real the version's real name is 89P13 and is shown on, on to have cybernetic implants. Which is accurate to the comics. Which, if I remember correctly, they, also, they show his, his number on one of the implants. Oh! Almost like a serial code. Oh, that's kind of, that's effed up, but kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, in video games, he appears in 17 different games, which is kind of impressive for his... Quite yeah. of a characters he was before the movies came as, out. As a hum, as much of a humble start, that's very impressive. But some of the more notable ones are he's in the Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, the MMORPG Marvel Heroes, Lego Marvel Superheroes 1 and 2, Marvel Future Fight, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's The Telltale Series, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and the new Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game. Which I, I gotta tell you, for those of you who might have been disappointed with the Avengers game, check out the Guardians of the Galaxy game. It does not disappoint. And <laughs> it was really a good game. Is that all we got for the medias? That, that is it. Okay. He, have, he had a lot more than I was expecting for as short of a run as he kind of has had. Even though he's an older character, he's very quiet and very humble. Yeah, but, yeah, no, he had a decent chunk of uh, other media. I'm actually a little shocked, especially like, because I remember him showing up in a few of those cartoons and that, but like, I can't, it's one of those, that was before he really got popularized. Yep. And looking back, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, he was in that before he was really a thing. Okay, well, uh, I guess I asked the question we ask every week. You a fan, Joker? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he's definitely one of my favorites out of the Guardians just because of his personality. It, it fits like our friend group, so I was like, I was always drawn to him. So yeah, definitely a fan. Oh yeah, I'm like, I've always been kind of a fan from like any times I've seen him. Got really, real big fan of him when he showed up in the movies and started showing up more. But you know what? I've always been a fan. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that T-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.